was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Ah! I had bottle opener dysfunction that time. Ew. <laughs> well, here we are. We're still here. Can't help it. I can't help it. Rex sure as shit can't help it. Yeah, you keep coming over, I, I, and I, for some reason, gave you a fucking key. <laughs> you gave me a key. <laughs> <laughs> You're legally fucked. You just keep showing up. So this is Beer with Buffy. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Rex. This is episode 15 of season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that we are reviewing. Anyway, <laughs> this is not that episode. This is a review of that episode, and it is called Phases. And yeah, it's... It's that episode. If you're new to our podcast, our podcast will probably be nothing like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, most likely not. <laughs> Hopefully it supplements Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. I think it supplements Buffy the Vampire Slayer really well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, are you feeling saucy today, Rex? Saucy? Saucy. I'm feeling mostly like a people. Get the sauce out, you fucker. What sauce? I had some sauce. I'm confused. I had uh, had some tomato sauce on my sandwich. And, and on pizza. And on pizza. You've had lots of tomato sauce I am today. very, very saucy. My pH levels are through the roof. <laughs> Supplement it with beer. I am an acidic, saucy son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and I'm drinking. The funniest part is that's kind of accurate. I know. <laughs> You are a fairly acidic person. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, see? That's very... Clever? Of you. Yeah. I like being clever. Me too. I don't, I don't think either of us are doing a particularly good job of that right now. No. Hold on, let me switch over to my notes. I feel like I had something there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, we're doomed. How about a mom synopsis? That usually starts us off well. Oh, thank God. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Joshua, what are you doing? <laughs> now you're playing Majora's Mask? Yes, and it turns out that in your mid-30s, you do not have the patience for that shit. I'm watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer instead, goddammit. Because <laughs> this shit is bullshit. <laughs> I am not a seven-year-old boy in the 90s. <laughs> My fingers aren't that nimble anymore. Right? No shit. Why are you telling me about these nimble fingers, Josh? This, <laughs> this cannot... <laughs> There's really no good direction to take this right now. <laughs> without things getting really, really awkward. Funny you should say that because things got really, really awkward in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Specifically between <laughs> Xander and Larry. Boy, I really thought they were going to kiss for a second. Or at least Larry was going to... I thought Larry was going to go for it before Willow they had, did. They shared a moment. <laughs> they did a little bit. Joshua, who's this asshat with the really bad necklace... Well, he's some sexist trope dickbag that they threw in there 
who really does nothing for the plot, and I can't figure out why he needed to be a character on this episode at all. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> why is that the worst damn werewolf mask I've ever seen? Shh, don't ruin it for them. Uh, okay, Oz is a werewolf. Why is he waking up in the woods and just going, oh, I don't know. <laughs> He's apparently... Uh, accustomed to waking up in the middle of the woods the next morning and blacking out over the previous night's experience. How's your day been, Rex? <laughs> what have you been up to? It's been good, actually. That's good. That's cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. I just... Someone get the chains. Someone get the chains. Someone get the chains. You are the one. Someone get the chains. I love the opening of, of this episode because it opens to Oz looking at the fucking cheerleader statue from episode two of season one. Yeah, we may not get a whole episode about it, but we get a pretty fancy little callback, and I appreciate that. Yep, he's he's eyeballing the statue and moving his head back and forth, and he's like, its eyes follow you. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> So we know that Oz is pleased by the eternal torture of evil witches. Yeah. Oh, he knows exactly what's going on there. I'm sure. He just wanted to see if uh, Willow would crack under the pressure. No one else knows that she's stuck in the statue. Except for... I mean, does Willow even know? No. Oh. No one knows. That makes a lot more sense that she didn't uh, react to it at all then. Yeah. Oh, I thought there were characters that knew about it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, eternal torture in a statue. Yeah. Fuck that. That's what I want for Christmas, Rex. Why? That sounds horrible. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> Roll with the punches here, boss. So, Larry the Crow Mag is back. Yep. Because I guess they just needed a complete meathead prick character as a bullshit device for Oz to tell us right out of the gate that he hasn't done anything with Willow yet. Yeah, and I find it interesting that everyone seems to think that Willow's hot now. Yeah, all of a sudden, oh, I need some of that Buffy Willow action. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I did like Oz's response. Only a closeted gay man could have that kind of lewd response over to fairly normal looking girls walking down the hall. Yep. The one wearing baggy overalls. She definitely rocks the overalls all episode. But yeah, I definitely want to get to this quote that you're coming up to because <laughs> in high school, I remember specifically, I was, so I was sitting next to this fucking douchebag. You know, he was, he was a jock just like this motherfucker. And this girl walks by and I notice her walk by and, you know, I'm specifically making an effort not to be a creepy dickbag about it. Um, and he's just craning his neck and just, you know, doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just like Larry does um, when he fucking was that a teacher whose book he knocked out of her hands? No, it was, and another was like, student thank again. you, thigh master. Like he was doing that fucking face. Yeah. And then he looks over at me and he's like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Are you, are you like fucking gay or something i'm like just because i'm not being a fucking prick okay yeah i guess that I makes me gay i knew a lot of guys like that in fucking <laughs> high school fucking <laughs> there's 
just not mean <laughs> enough words for me to say about people like that. No. But anyway, yeah, Oz has a fantastic response. Which is, that's great, Larry. You've really mastered the single entendre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it goes completely over Larry's head, it's and I good. fucking love it. <laughs> and the delivery is so smooth. He like just he just casually slips that that insult in there, and you don't even notice it. Just verbal sleight of hand. Yeah, the best verbal sleight of hand. The kind of verbal sleight of hand that only fucking Oz can pull off. Yeah, and it's magnificent. But yeah, there's a f- especially this scene, but this whole episode, there is a. F- fuck ton of horrible casual sexism oh god yes like more so than i think casual overt sexism it's like they really just threw it in to fill some space like there's been a lot of subtle sexism going on throughout the season yeah especially the first season especially with with xander but this episode they just fucking spoon it on in layers definitely and i've got a little more about that when we get to uh what's his dick kane Kane. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's just wait until that's relevant. So we cut to Buffy and Willow chatting. Willow? Willow wants smoochies. Yeah. I, you, and you know, I can't blame her. No. I would probably make out with Seth Green. We all know this, Rex. I am firmly comfortable in my sexuality. I Very firm. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> What's I thought you were firmly comfortable in your sexuality, Rex. Uh, What's so ew about it? You are. About me going, hmm. You're gross. You gross me out. (laughs) (laughs) My work here is done. (laughs) Willow does put her foot in her mouth uh, by mentioning wanting wanting to not be the only girl in school that doesn't have a boyfriend. And, of course... Buffy's a bit sour. She calls herself out on it. It's oh, yeah. fine. Whatever. But yeah, Willow's still moody about uh, Xander and Cordy being hooked up. And uh, <laughs> you know who's really sassy this episode? Willow. Yeah. Willow got some sass. She's super catty. Yeah. So quote of the day. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll call Xander. What's his number again? Oh, yeah. 1-800-I'm-dating-a-skanky-ho. <laughs> and even Buffy's like, meow. Yeah. This she's, episode... She's like, thank you. But last episode and this episode, they're doing some subtle shit with Willow as a character, and her personality is growing and changing very well. They're making her ever so slightly more assertive, less mousy. And more like she actually has adult human desires. Yeah. And isn't afraid to say it, which is amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I I really appreciated this little exchange, this casual shout out to Looney Tunes. Uh, Buffy said, "Uh, have you dropped any hints? Willow says, I've dropped anvils. And Buffy says, (laughs) what guy could resist your wily Willow charms? See what they did there? Yeah. Yeah. That was clever. Aha. Wild E, Coyote, Anvils. Everyone gets it, Josh. Roadrunners. Meep, meep, motherfucker. (laughs) Meep, meep, motherfucker. (laughs) I said beep, beep, bitch. We can't use that one. (laughs) Oh, I'm using it. I'm using it, Jerry. (laughs) You can't use the meep, meep, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> what's with that 
It's Gore-Tex, Jerry. <laughs> it's Gore-Tex. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have some weight. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Hit him. With what? A desk. From there, we cut to make out point in the middle of the night. So, Cordy and Xander, quick, quick cut to Cordy and Xander making out in a car. Completely bypass the entire day of school. All of a sudden, it's nighttime. I have some issues with Xander here. What? When does that happen, Rex? <laughs> When have not, you ever taken issue with anything Xander not, not has ever of, once hold on, said? Hold on, hold on. Not the kind of issues you might be thinking. Cordy is surprisingly focused on their making out, right? And specifically makes a mention about it being a romantic night. She is throwing very, like, slap you in the face signs that she, she is very into him. Despite the things that she has set up to this point, she is showing signs that she is... She likes him, likes him. Yeah, she's not like just, actually into him yes. and not just like fucking around. Now, part of it, I think maybe is his focus and fixation on Buffy and Willow is bringing this out in Cordy, maybe. I can see that. But I'm, at I'm the sh- same, like, I, I'm sure she's not accustomed to being even vaguely ignored by Whatever guy she's rolling around with. Especially a guy of the caliber that she views Xander as. Yeah. Xander's dense. Okay, I get it. But I can pick up on these signs. And I'm super dense when it comes to women. I can attest to that. (laughs) So, like, if I'm picking up on it, what the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn, Xander. Just make out with her. Goddamn. But yeah. no, it's... making out was actually fun in high school. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it still is. <laughs> Just not quite for as long as as you did it when when you were in high school. You could devote whole evenings to making out. Oh, right. In high school. Yeah. If you're making out for a whole evening as an adult, it's a prelude to something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So in the next scene, no, in this scene. Oh yeah, in this yeah, scene. we're not even done with this scene. <laughs> Fucking slow down. Why are you trying to rush off into the next scene, Rex? We get the classic trope, the the horror movie, scary story trope of two people making out. They hear something outside the car, but it's Xander who hears it. And Cordy's just too focused on, on getting business done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she is just the right lady to tell Xander to shut his frothing cake hole. Yeah. Oh, and... Like, soon as I saw what episode this is, when I looked at the IMDb page, just for the title, I was like, oh, it's the Oz Becomes a, a Werewolf episode. And as soon as she mentioned, it's a full moon, it's really romantic, it was like, oh, way to work that in. And then, classic Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, there was no suspense whatsoever. No! Here's a werewolf now. No, no suspense. Rawr! Um, I didn't look up the episode before I started watching it. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Gerarg. No, we're not there yet. Oh. We're, we're, we're barely even started. So this has been Beer with Buffy. God damn it. I'm Josh. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. Damn. We have a whole episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, so... Call the police. I'm being held against my will. My name is Josh McCann. I don't know the address. <laughs> 
So let us know how you feel about that. Give us a call. God damn it. 269-0... Fuck, what's the number? <laughs> I don't fucking remember. 269-743-0783. That's a real phone number. Much to Rex's dismay. Anyway, the werewolf puts his arm through the roof of the car. Yeah. It's a convertible. Yeah. It's her daddy's car, mm-hmm. as she repeatedly says. As she was wont to point out. Very much stress the fact that it's her daddy's car. Yeah. They drive off quickly, as you might when you have a werewolf trying to get in your car. Oh, you know, the opening sequence was in between that happening. Oh, yeah. Not that it really matters. Yeah, they, they cut and then... They, they show the audience that there's a wolf while they're making out. Opening sequence, we come back. Yep. Wolf breaks into the car. So the next day, they're examining the car and... I just, that wolf had no idea what it was doing. Yeah. Like, this wolf is really shitty at being a wolf. I I was really hoping that this was going to turn into a comedic story of the little werewolf that sucked at being a werewolf. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so cute. (laughs) No, that would be funny. Damn it. Oh, he's turned me into a werewolf. That's so great. (laughs) We get a funny bit in the next scene, though. Giles is questioning Xander, and he's like, are you sure it was a werewolf? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> are, are you sure it's a werewolf? Six feet tall, face like a wolf, furry. Yeah, I'm sure it was a werewolf. H- have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> Giles, have you used a werewolf recently? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works anymore. What use does a werewolf have? <laughs> uh, it probably makes toast or something. In what ways would you use a werewolf if you could use a werewolf? A blanket. You know, fair. <laughs> Making horror films that don't have shitty effects. <laughs> <laughs> well, wrong episode. <laughs> Giles is surprisingly excited about there being a werewolf because he's never got to look at a werewolf. And his quote here as he leaves the scene is fantastic. Because he's giddy like a schoolboy. Well, just before that, Giles is talking about there's been reports of uh, uh, several animal coxes were found mutilated. The look on his face was priceless. I can't even begin to describe it, but I'm assuming you've he's seen... He's too happy about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, well, not not just yet, but... Uh, so Willow's like, you mean like bunnies and stuff? No, don't tell me. And Oz says, oh, oh, don't worry. It may not look like it, but bunnies can really take care of themselves. <laughs> Just a, another little precursor to Once More with Feeling. Yeah. Bunnies, it must be bunnies! Yeah. So they established that it was not the full moon last night, but it will be tonight. And Giles is like, I'm sure my books and I are in for a fascinating afternoon. And he runs off like a giddy schoolboy. He does. And Buffy responds with, he needs to get a pet. Which is perfect, because you're getting a cat soon. Yes. Right? Hopefully. There we go. That's the tie-in we needed in the opening. Yeah. Too late now, fucker. We can have another cat in the episode. Hey! <laughs> Not yet. We're waiting till season three. Oh, right. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you, you mean besides me? No. I didn't ask. You, you, mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we... Wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. 
Uh, so then they from there they cut to the gym. To the gym. Talk about a f- like a good progressive school. They're fucking teaching self-defense in gym class. Yeah, it's like they're starting to notice that it's unusually fucked up in that town. Yeah. Hmm. They so, didn't teach shit like this in my high school. I don't know. There might have been something like that, but I missed out on all the good shit. So they're all sitting on the bleachers listening to the gym teacher talk about stuff. It's dangerous, blah, 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 blah. Oz tucks a tag into Willow's shirt. In a very cute fashion. Yeah. I thought he was, like, trying to give her a, a massage for a second. I was like, whoa, slow your roll there, boss. You're in class. But, you know, he was just tucking the uh, the tag in. No, and it's, it's a, a clever way of showing that he's paying a lot of attention to her. And Xander, of course, notices. And he's sitting over there being a tool about it. Whatever. A huge tool about it. We get slapped in the face with that big red fish again. Yep. Uh, Larry's been bitten by a large feral dog, or a stray, he calls it, a week ago. And that was that should have been our first clue that this is a red herring. Because I'm like, wait, a week ago? That doesn't track at all. And we find out why later, of course. So, quote of the day, Oz says... In response to Larry's thing about being bitten, he's like, oh, I've been there, man. My cousin Jordy just got grown-up teeth in, does not like to be tickled. Which I think is amazing. That actually turns out to be the most relevant statement in, in like, the whole episode. And then they they start lining up and getting ready to do the self-defense stuff. Larry's being a creeper. Buffy steps up to him and is like, hey, I'm in your group. And Willow pulls her aside, and she's like, "No, you're su- remember you're supposed to be a meek little girly girl like the rest of us." They're practicing their move, and Buffy's faking not being able to throw Larry, and then he grabs her ass a lot, a lot. Like he got a big old fucking meat cup full, and she just she doesn't even like leverage him to throw him. She just. Throws him over her head. So I get that this is a, you know, a fictional television show. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's easier for me to suspend my disbelief over a werewolf than it is for a school pairing up high schoolers in gym clothes of the opposite sex with any kind of activity that requires ass to crotch touching. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. You know, these these little fucking insane weirdos have their hormones flying around batshit bonkers all day every day. They know that. You know what? I was in theater one time in high school. We did this weird like warm-up circle thing where it's kind of like a trust exercise and a teamwork exercise. So you get in a circle and you turn so that you're everybody's facing somebody else's back and then you all slowly sit so that the whole circle is sitting on each other's knees and i was at a point in puberty where i was like linoleum gave me a boner right okay (laughs) like xander illustrated last episode and so i'm sandwiched by two very attractive girls for this exercise And I thought I was pretty clever at the time. I untucked my shirt. It was, you know, it was the 90s, late 90s, like 99 or something. I was in ninth or 10th grade. And so it's covering my crotch. And I'm like, aha, now I can get all the boners. (laughs) Retrospect. I think they knew exactly why I untucked my shirt. Now I just want to clarify. 
I wasn't like, ooh, now I can get a boner. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get a boner and there's fucking nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Maybe if I untuck my shirt, it might be hidden a little bit. And I can't, like, run to the bathroom and be like, I can't do this exercise because that's weird and calls even more attention to me. No, that was by far the worst fucking part about puberty is just the nothing. You could be thinking about literally nothing and then all of a sudden you look down and you're like, what? What did I do? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. This has been Sex Ed with Beer with Buffy. <laughs> it's not even an episode where they had Sex Ed. No. Yeah. So if you learned something today, give us a call. <laughs> Let us know exactly what you learned, because you're a sick fuck, and we want to hear from you. Yeah. 269-743-0783. Cut to the library. And what the fuck is a... Giles laughing about the moon pie joke so goddamn much. <laughs> no, what? Giles just needed a laugh. Sometimes you just need a laugh. So yeah. that was Giles and the moon pie in this. Yep, part of the. And so we learn. We learn that the full moon is actually it is one day plus the day before plus the day after. So a werewolf is a werewolf for three days out of the month. Yeah, Giles is explaining what sort of happens with the werewolf and why they're related to the moon. May I? Uh, yes. While there's absolutely no scientific explanation for a lunar effect on the human psyche, the phases of the moon do seem to exert a lot of psychological influence. And the full moon seems to bring out our darkest qualities. And ironically, it seems to have led to the invention of the moon pie, says Xander. So... There's that. And then Buffy says, oh, the typical male. And Xander says... Something. Oh, in response to yeah. him saying that it it basically just makes them really violent. Yep. Xander's like, on behalf of my gender, hey. And Giles says, yes, let's not jump to any conclusions. She says, and I love this line, I didn't jump. I took a tiny step. And their conclusions were? Oh, I should have labeled that as a quote of the day. Yeah. Excuse me a moment. It's a good one. But I want to say, Xander, on behalf of your gender, fuck you. Yeah, you're not <laughs> representing this gender anymore, sir. Your representational card has been revoked. Revoked. <laughs> well, Giles clarifies that all he meant was that it could be female, and it's definitely human on its off days, and yep. they need to treat it as such. They would just establish that they are planning to take the werewolf alive. Yep. Cut to a parking lot. They're back at Makeout Point. I I feel like it's a different Makeout Point because they were pretty secluded when it was just Xander and Cordy. Yeah, maybe. From what I can tell, Sunnydale just has a designated spot for teens to make out in cars. Yeah. And you know what? I wish more cities provided healthy outlets built into the infrastructure like that. <laughs> there should be a booth. <laughs> like at a state park. And they just hand you three condoms on the way in. <laughs> they're, they're like, don't forget to be home by midnight. If you need somebody to lie for you, here's our number. Welcome to Fuck Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be $5. <laughs> so that was my take on the scene. Hey, got your steak.
what ha- what actually happened in this scene? Um, we get a fun little bit where Buffy and Giles are walking around looking at cars, trying to find the werewolf. Buffy is goes into this bit of gossip stuff, and it's kind of funny, and it it's a good little nod to oh yeah, she's a sixteen year old girl. No, sorry, seventeen year old girl. Yeah, <laughs> Giles is like maybe we should knock on cars and ask people if they saw anything, and Buffy just deadpans Giles. No one's seen anything. <laughs> and it's exactly another moment for Giles. Another oh moment. He's like, oh, I see. Right. <laughs> Sex. Duh. <laughs> uh, but Buffy starts walking through the woods and she gets caught in a net trap. And this is when we meet fucking Kane. Who's surfing the net now, Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not Willow. It's Buffy. Uh, that was bad. Even for you. Buffy's surfing the net. Literally, because she's caught in a net. Kane is the worst kind of fucking character to see in these kind of shows. Seriously. And I mean, it's obvious they wanted him to be the worst kind of character. But why was that necessary? Is this serving some sort of uh, feminist message? I don't know. He adds absolutely fuck all nothing even a humanist, to the story. Even a humanist message of some sort? Maybe. Animal activism message? Was it really know. necessary? What? I mean, the people out there that are like this are not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer going, Oh, I shouldn't act like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess the, the best it does is it... Adds a level of urgency to finding the werewolf first. Yeah. But there are better ways they could have done that. Yeah. Anyway, Did fuck they, him. He's an ass. They really had to do-do with our sensibilities there, though. And... I mean, they did a good job of that, because I was feeling it when Giles was like, oh, you motherfucker, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm about to open up your ass, crawl inside, <laughs> close the motherfucking door behind me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Except I'm going to do it with a British accent, motherfucker. And we're going to do it all day long. You're, you're kind of slipping into, like, Bronx. I'm going to fuck your shit up so bad, you ain't even going to know what got fucked up in your shit, son. <laughs> Goddamn. Anyway, have he's... you been to the Bronx recently? No. Nor have I. I don't fucking know. <laughs> People who have actually watched the Buffy episode understand we're just making shit up. We're not we didn't actually watch the episode. We're just... Do you understand that? Give us a call. 269-743-0783. <laughs> anyway, they learn that werewolves are attracted to sex apparently oh yeah which is dumb to me like there was enough sexual heat going on with cordy and xander to attract the werewolf somehow pretty smoking huh what was the guy's name again kane kane i wanted to say shane he has fucking werewolf teeth around his neck that that was such a shitty necklace wasn't it yeah again that was a halloween store buy that they were like we need to just use this and get it done with so, Buffy knows exactly where to go. Yep. And she I love that she called him Mine Furrier on their way out. I did not catch that. You didn't catch that? I didn't catch that. Yeah. You know, like Mine Fura, but Mine Furrier. See what they well, did? Well, and Furrier See is... See what they did there? Furrier is a term for uh, fur hunters. Oh. Well, that's that adds a whole nother layer to it. I thought it was mainly, you know, a reference to Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> 
It also kind of comes off as my inferior. Oh, it does. Yeah. Very nice. That's at least three layers that yeah. we found. If you found another layer, give us a call. <laughs> 269-743-0783. of me really hopes that a bunch of people call and they're like, Josh, we're tired of this joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to get me to stop. So cut to the sidewalk. Yeah. Girl walking along the sidewalk. She hears a growl. She runs. Didn't Into really see Angel. anything, did you? I don't remember. No. There was a noise behind her, so it's possible that the werewolf was hunting her. So she's in the middle of suburbia hell, and she's running from a ground. I would have just assumed that it was a big fucking dog. She probably did. I mean, technically it was, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, was a, it was a man puppy. Was it actually the werewolf, or was it just Angel, though? It didn't, it didn't say. So Angel pops, Angelus, sorry, yeah, so pops up in we front gotta of her. We gotta get this right, because he's definitely not Angel he's right not now. He's not Angel, he's Angelus. He's holding a daisy, or whatever kind of flower that was. He's like, oh, you know Buffy? Yeah, I know Buffy. Here, let me walk you home now that you trust me, because I said Who Buffy. the fuck just like, oh, you said the name of another person I know. Yeah. I'm going to trust you now. I wonder how big their graduating class is. It can't be that big. Can't be that big. Like half half the class dies off. <laughs> right? Anyway, cut to Dubrons. We haven't seen this place in a, a while. Ages. I I think it I think it was fucking uh lie to me that we last saw this actually like populated. We saw right. it for Buffy's birthday, but Yeah, that doesn't the, really count. Yeah, it doesn't count. This is a, the the last time we saw it actually populated with with a band and all this shit was lie to me. I think. Yeah. Did you did you find out who that band is? No. I I ran I out of time. I didn't looked, have time to look it up. They looked and kind of sounded like Weezer, but I don't think it was. They did kind of sound and look like Weezer. They had a very it Weezer, was not Weezer. Very Weezer esque though. But I mean, we're talking the late nineties in California. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of bands that sounded and looked like Weezer. Fair point. <laughs> Fun moment. What the hell? Cordy is complaining to Willow about Xander, and they're, like, commiserating. Fantastic camera shot, by the way. Yeah. She leans back. She's like, Willow this, Buffy that, Willow, 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 Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. Leans back, and Willow's like... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes. That was amazing. It is. Yeah. The look on Willow's face in this scene is fantastic. They're actually, like, commiserating over the shittiness of Xander. Yeah. In a very truthful, honest, girl-to-girl way. And after the shit that Willow said about Cordelia, I think this is really the first time that we ever get a solid Willow-Cordelia bonding moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty excellent. It leads I, me to believe that they could actually be friends. They could. Absolutely. Uh, Willow says he's so busy looking around at everything he doesn't have that he doesn't realize what he does have. And Cordelia responds, or at least realize that you have Oz. She explains that her and Oz are in like this weird holding pattern. Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what Willow said. That's what she said. <laughs> anyway. So Cordy's like, what's his problem? Oh, he's a guy. Willow's like, yeah, him and Xander. Guys. Who do they think they are? A couple of guys. 
<laughs> I don't know. I can't do it justice, but it was a super hilarious good moment. moment. If you good haven't moment. rewatched the episode, it's worth it just for that moment. And then, bam, werewolf. The, yep. Lands on their fucking table. Where the fuck was he? They've shown that there were fucking people that hang out in the rafters and shit in this building. Ah, but did we know what time it was? Maybe he turned at the bronze. That's possible. Hmm. That is possible. Hmm. So everyone starts running out of the bronze and Buffy and Giles show up. Willow comes out and says, hey, the werewolf's inside. And Buffy runs in and they slam the door behind her. (laughs) One. (laughs) Giles was like, "Uh, looks as though your hunch was right. And Buffy says, Sunnydale's own house of hormones. Yep. Yeah. The bronze. The bronze. (laughs) (laughs) But. I like this bit when the door slams behind her because it is so reminiscent of like the normal situation in a horror movie where that's like the moment where you're like, oh shit, she's going to die. But a little bit. It's this time it's reversed. The door slams and you're like, that wolf is fucked. That wolf is in trouble. Ooh. So she whips a chain around the wolf's neck after she, you know, wanders around slowly and quietly and gives yep. us a little bit of a pacing break in the episode. I thought that was well done. And yeah, uh, definitely. And then it breaks through that poor, poor window that just keeps <laughs> <laughs> just just <laughs> Fill it with bricks, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Seriously. It's blacked out anyway. You don't need a window there. (laughs) Poor Rasmataz is just rolling in his grave. Yep. That's Luke, by the way. Rasmataz the vampire. And uh, so it gets away. Yep. Okay. This is the perfect time to really have a discussion about this werewolf. Okay. This is the first scene we get where we actually really, truly get to look at the werewolf. And you don't like the werewolf. The look of him. I mean, okay, it's not the worst werewolf effects that ever happened, but it's not good. I thought it was all right. It was all right. We get to see way too much of it. Yeah, I will give you that. And we can tell how immobile the head is. Yeah, I will give you that. I do like that they picked an obviously pretty big guy to play the role. Yeah. Because the, the, the werewolf's kind of an imposing size it was too well lit they could have pulled it off with this costume and this mask and this actor if they had kept him in the shadows i'll give you that they did have some actual like i guess animatronics on the face which was surprising to me i mean the mouth open and closed kind of and the eyes blinked that was and the, the no the eyes blinked and the nose kind of like the nostrils flared oh did they yep meh it wasn't drooly enough either they don't have to be truly. I but, think it would have helped. Yeah. Um. This point, we cut to the aftermath. Uh, stupid fucking cane hunter dude is there, and he's all complaining about how she let him go and all this. Yeah. So this fucking guy again. <sighs> frankly, here's the one point that I agree with him on. Even knowing that it's Oz. I agree that this werewolf is a menace to society and they really, frankly, should not have to worry about killing him, even if they know that it's a human. But that's as far as this character is useful. 
completely. Otherwise, other than that, they did not need to make him such a a sexist douchebag. Oh yeah. What is it about this episode that they really just pulled all the stops and they went from the like odd '90s subtle sexism, yeah, to just. All out, like, we're going to fucking talk shit about women now. Are we in the fucking 30s? What is happening? This character is specially... I I understand that it is them trying to make us hate him even more. Sure. But damn. Like, the only message I can really glean that they wanted us to glean from this is, men suck. We kind of already knew that. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I like here, as Kane leaves, Giles calls him a pillock. Yes. This is a new word to me. I had, I looked this up. Okay. Because I could, at first I'm like, what the fuck did he say? I've heard it before just in British comedy, but I, I've never heard the actual definition. Go it on. It means a stupid person. Oh, fun. It is British slang for a stupid person. Okay. Pillock. And I didn't know this. I learned a fucking new word today. Cool. What fun. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> We get kind of an angel and uh, werewolf showdown, which in my notes I called him Puppy Man because he's 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 a puppy, puppy the werewolf. Yeah, it's dog. All dogs are puppies. Okay, <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I didn't think this I like episode dogs, could. Man. I, I didn't like think dogs. this episode could get any worse. I'm part of this podcast, Josh. It can always it can get always worse. Get worse. <laughs> Remember that. John and Susie. Yep. Can't believe you're still listening John to this. And Susie. Join us next week. Oh, I made Do a reference. I was pointing into the ether and into the future last episode, and I picked those two names at random. I don't remember that at all. Just to freak out any <laughs> listeners who might happen to have those names. But yeah, we get a little bit of a showdown here between the werewolf and Angel. And honestly, Angel's fucking scarier. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was really a showdown so much as like they kind of had a moment. It was like a little uh, unspoken solidarity pact as Angel brought this offering, and yeah, the, I can... and the wolf was like, "Oh, this is weird." I mean, thank you. Those were my subtitles. How shitty would it have been for Angel's message to not get through because the werewolf decided to eat the corpse? You know, come to think of it, he didn't eat the corpse. So what the fuck was that about? Because I thought that was kind of the point. Yeah. Well, it's like, hey, here's food. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, this is when we... <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Who needs this plot point? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. It's not this episode. Uh, we cut to more hunting. Giles was asleep. Uh, there was a moment where Buffy was worried because she looked at his car and he wasn't there and they were talking about stuff oh yeah they're giving up on their search for the night yep and then cut to the next day and lo and behold kill all chances of suspense for this episode we see oz naked waking up turning back from being a werewolf yeah i mean i didn't think that was as big of a suspense killer as we're used as we're accustomed to no at this point they did a little better with the suspense in this episode and with the red herring and all that but not by much. So another quick cut, same scene basically to Oz's house and he's on the phone. <laughs> this fucking cracks me up. This is the <laughs> funniest possible way they could have established that he that he figures out that he's a werewolf. He's like, hey, uh, I've been meaning to ask you guys for a while now. Is Jordy a werewolf? Uh-huh. 
And how long has that been going on? <laughs> no reason. Here's the thing. If his aunt knows that Jordy is a fucking werewolf and she knows that he was bit by her kid, why wouldn't he, the uncle and aunt, be like, hey, you might turn into a werewolf because Jordy's a werewolf? They probably didn't know. Like, what if he was babysitting and, you know... It was such a minor thing. But they specifically opened the conversation with his aunt asking him how the, the, the bite is healing. Oh. Oh, shit. It's like, way to fail at parenting your werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, like, they, maybe they didn't know that it was transmitted via bite. Maybe they're completely uneducated. Also, how is your, like, seven-year-old, eight-year-old? What age are you when you start getting adult teeth? And also, I mean, does it count if you get bitten when you're not in your transformed state? Apparently it does. Apparently it does. According to the Buffyverse and the Hweddenverse. The what? what? I can't even fucking do that. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> I didn't say right now. <laughs> <laughs> to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the slayer. I'm just wanting to We're like the slayer rats. Oh, please. So cut to the school. <laughs> <laughs> cut to the school. Oz has uh, some very dramatic brooding. <sighs> I'm Oz. so broody, Willow. You don't even understand. Stand how broody to be I fair am. he is not as good at it as fucking david boreanaz is god <laughs> damn it willow do you see how broody i am <laughs> running away from you in the library and i won't even kiss you because i'm that broody xander is a dick he what yeah he's a dick through this whole fucking episode i'll uh-huh. just stop mentioning it from here i suppose <laughs> um he real thinks that larry is the werewolf so he leaves to go check that out we get a little a nice little nod to what was it episode six of season one when he turns into the the hyena it's five or six and there buffy's like i thought you didn't remember that <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, I told you I didn't remember that. Hmm. And they drop it. He leaves, and then Willow is trying so hard in the best, cutest way that she can to get Oz to just hang out with her and spend time researching, and he bails. Damn it, Oz, just talk to her. Yeah, well, and- I mean, he's freaking out. He's having a Wiggins. I mean, he's welcome to a Wiggins, I think, in this I, situation. Oh, yeah. But he's scared to tell them. He knows that a girl's dead. But he also knows that they don't want to kill the werewolf. Well, but they are kind of um, saying that they're they're starting to come around to the idea. Maybe. They're the Scooby gang, for fuck's sake. If anybody, if you were a werewolf and you knew about the Scooby gang and you thought... Who could I tell that might be able to fucking help me? I really thought he was about to tell them, but... Uh, I didn't remember most of this episode, which surprised me, because it's a pretty big deal episode. It is, yeah. So Xander has hit oh, the, the dumbest fucking moment in the world. Oh, God. Where he's trying to, like, tap into his 
hyena brain and try and think like a werewolf and it's like I know what it's like to crave the taste of freshly killed meat and blah 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 and this is when he suspects Larry is the werewolf and so he runs off to go interrogate Larry and Giles is very flippantly like oh yes go do that um, <laughs> he's very much you're out of our hair yeah get up go That's, uh, and then we proceed to have one of the most awkward fucking scenes possible. Awkward or brilliant? Yes. <laughs> Both in multiple layers of equal measure. Yeah. Because Xander walks up to Larry and he's like, I know what you're going through. I've been there myself. Uh, they they really mastered the double conversation. Like, Yes. <laughs> Ironically, they've mastered the double entendre. <laughs> Everything they say can apply to either being a werewolf or being gay. So, yeah, Larry's gay. And obviously there are some concerns about how Xander responds to this. But you know what? It wasn't nearly as homophobic as it could have been. Exactly. And he fucking keeps the secret yeah he, he kept, feels weird about it he kept it together he's super awkward but he doesn't do that bad of a job no for being as surprised as he is and for how unconditioned he is to deal with this sort of circumstance well i think he's more worried that people are gonna think he's gay now well yeah because he's a 16 year old boy no he's 17 either way he's a teenager he feels weird about it because it's the 90s and being gay is weird and creepy at this age for some reason but i really fucking liked this scene it definitely turned around really quickly. At first, I was like, why did we really need to see this interrogation scene? Because we know Larry's not the fucking werewolf. Yeah. What a throwaway concept. And then, neat. Really fun moment. Yeah. A very weighty moment for what is a completely side character that doesn't play much role in the overarching story ever. Yeah. Kind of good on them. This is this is a big deal having a gay character like this, especially in the fucking 90s. Well, they made sure to use a character that we didn't like. Right. I think they I played I think it. they were testing the water for later. Yeah, cuz then Willow comes out later. And then we're back to the library. So anyway, the scene's mostly just blah 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 boys. Willow's yep. upset because she um she thinks Oz bailed on her because he didn't want to be around her and not because He's having some severe... It's it's <laughs> Willow's anxiety showing up. Absolutely. Even to the casual observer, Buffy, it appeared as though he was bailing and making bullshit excuses. Yeah. This is when Buffy convinces Willow that she needs to make the first move. She needs to be bold. She needs to be actionable. She needs to step up and make the first move towards, towards Oz. And you know what? This is perfect advice. This is exactly the advice that Willow needs. The timing could be better. Definitely. <laughs> like when <laughs> yeah. your boyfriend is not a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think Buffy's definitely being a wonderful influence on this aforementioned growth in Willow's character that we're seeing with her being more assertive and everything. Uh, we established that Buffy now knows that Larry is not 
the werewolf yep. and Xander gets awkward and a little too upset at her asking how that went. <laughs> oh, God. So cut to the funeral home. And the news never said anything about her being mauled, just that she was dead and they linked it to the animal attacks. So they go to the, the funeral home and she's not killed by the werewolf. Nope. She has a fucking bite in her neck big from ass, a vampire. Big ass fucking bite. And I did like... Xander's tone here where he starts to say well it's good it's not the werewolf and then he pauses mid-sentence he's like no no there's there's no good here and he has a the the right level of solemn no someone is fucking dead this is shit it sucks that they're dead equal amount of suck but in a different direction yep yeah yep. they flipped the switch on the vacuum cleaner now it's blowing instead of sucking yeah that's how that works Exactly how that works. So, uh, Teresa, as a vampire, pops up. Yep. And says, Angel sends his love. They fight. My question here, did they embalm anyone in this city? No, apparently not. Would it matter if they did? Also, apparently, Teresa had a longer funeral process than anybody else who'd become a vampire because everyone else turns into a vampire in the fucking grave, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But no, she gets to turn into a vampire and not have to claw herself out of the fucking <laughs> ground. Ooh, she's special for some reason. Whatever's more convenient. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Pork and beans turned in the... <laughs> That's true. Right there in the morgue. So I guess it just varies per victim. Maybe he sucked more of her blood out and so she turned quicklier. No, it, keep in mind, to become a vampire, they, the vampire sucks the blood out of the person and then the person has to suck blood out of the vampire. I don't think that's true in the Buffyverse. No, there's a part where Buffy explains it to somebody and she's like, it's not as simple as you get bit by the vampire, turn into a vampire. There's a lot of sucking it, in the process. It's a whole huge suck fest or something. Something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, no, yeah, shit. Well, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> I like being right. Debunked. <laughs> Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has wings. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. There is a little bit of a good line here from Xander because he's complaining and... Well, they hug and he makes uh, way too many sexual assumptions about a hug, oh, a simple God, hug. Yes. And he says, oh no, my life's not too complicated, completely <sighs> sarcastically, because Fuck there was Xander. the briefest moment of maybe she wants to kiss me. No, she doesn't want to kiss you, Xander. No, she doesn't want she, to kiss you. She never wanted to kiss you. Uh, and then we cut to the van down by the river to see Kane making bullets. Is he living on government cheese? Probably. Well, I mean, he's in a van down by the river. He's got plenty of time to think about living on government cheese <laughs> while he's living in a van down by the river making silver bullets. Yeah. And I want to mention the like little chemistry butane lighter thing he has going on would not get hot enough to melt silver. I didn't he think pours so. the molten silver into the mold and then immediately grabs the mold and pulls out a fully cooled bullet, like holds the bullet by hand. Like immediately. Consistency of physics for fuck's sake and thermodynamics. Immediately dumped out the bullet like three <laughs> seconds later and is holding this previously smelted metal. And it looks more like lead and not silver. Uh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> 
the why why do we even have this bit like we already know he has guns to make it a 44 minute episode that's why yes cut to oz's house so with chains and stuff he keeps his (laughs) shackles in a cardboard box i want to know where he got them you can't really know a guy until you know how he stores his shackles do you think maybe he went to his aunt's do you think they just have some on hand? It seems like they might need them. I don't know. He, is I, his uncle a werewolf? I feel is like, his aunt a werewolf? I feel like he definitely had to transport these shackles, and that's why they were in the box. No, that makes sense. Like, I I have no qualms with them being in the box. I just want to know where he fucking got them. Maybe he dated somebody who was into bondage. That's where I was going with that. Oh, Because I wanted to know where he got them. My bad. For reasons. Reasons. Personal reasons. You want to expound on those personal reasons, Rex? Uh, No. They're personal. That's unfortunate. (laughs) God damn. Willow comes in all gung-ho and cute and assertive Mm. and, like, being awesome. And the timing is just shit. Ash. Gosh, but gosh, Willow. <laughs> I love those overalls. Yeah. I should not be turned on by those. <laughs> God damn you. Willow changes my relationship with overalls greatly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but no, she, like, her point is great. Her delivery is pretty good, and I love the bit where she's like, Buffy told me that sometimes what a girl makes has to be the first move, and now that I'm saying this, I'm starting to think that the written version sounded pretty good, but you know what I mean. And we do, Willow. We know what you mean. Absolutely know what you mean. And he's like, this is a bad time. I'm going through a lot of changes (laughs) right now. Oh, now you're special. You're a special boy with chains and stuff <laughs> why do you have chains and stuff and i was just and waiting for it because i knew that that moment was coming and he starts to change ash gosh <sighs> but gosh you have chains and stuff he backs up and falls behind the couch and willow just steps forward and she doesn't immediately go oh shit what the fuck he must be turning into something. Why doesn't she jump to that conclusion? I'm not sure I would, really. Your boyfriend is acting weird. Your boyfriend has chains and stuff. Your boyfriend falls down in what seems like pain. You live on the fucking hellmouth! All right, Seth Green and I are not dating yet. I really wish you would take this out of the uh, second person perspective, okay? <laughs> I'm putting you in Willow's shoes, for fuck's sake. The man's married. I'm trying to be respectful here. He is married. You're a cool guy, though. Love ya. Rex wants to make out with you. I'm comfortable with that assumption. Neither of us are gay, but the sex is amazing. (laughs) So I liked the way they did the transformation here, because they didn't actually show the transformation. He falls to his knees... They cut away, they cut back, they show his face mid-transformation. They cut away, they cut back, they show his hand mid-transformation. They cut away, they cut back, and he's fully transformed. It was surprisingly better than I remember it being. I remember it being a lot more hokey. But no, it like they did it well. The werewolf still looks kind of goofy, but not bad. Anyway, she's running. She hits him with a trash can over a fence. Yep. And uh, we, we see... 
Dickbag McGee driving in a van down the street. And Giles has a gun. It's a tranquilizer, though. But it's a badass-looking tranquilizer It's a pretty nice tranquilizer. (laughs) It's got fucking... It's got feet for a tripod and everything. I didn't even see that. Yeah. They're folded up. I mean, he looked like a badass unpacking it, and isn't that all that really matters? Uh, (laughs) But... They're about ready to go out, and they're like, oh, where will we find the werewolf? And this is when Willow busts into the library. Her delivery is so much better than I could ever pull off, because she feels truly panicked. Yeah. Oh, I loved this moment where Giles is unpacking the gun. Buffy is telling Giles that Teresa was a vampire and not a werewolf, and he says, oh, I'm... I'm so sorry. And she says, not now. We can all have ourselves a good cry after we bag ourselves a werewolf. And I was just like, that's some good emotional strength. Yeah. Way to hold your shit together. Specifically because she mentions to Giles that it was a message from Angel. Way to fucking prioritize, Buffy. Yeah. Good compartmentalization there. Which is exactly the kind of shit you need to be able to do when you're the fucking Slayer. Exactly. But... The way she handles the whole angel situation is kind of impressive. Yeah, well done. I give her props. Also, easier to write than to actually do. True. Yeah. True. So Willow busts in and conveniently pretty much brings him right to them just as they're... He's got the gun ready and now they're like, oh, wait, where are we going to find him? Well, Willow is going to take you directly to him. No problem. They kind of glaze over how they find him so easily and so fast, but it's she says, Sunnydale. She's like, oh, he's in the woods. They're like, aha, the woods. <laughs> and then we cut to... There's only a 20 meter square area that is the woods. Clearly. <laughs> so they cut to Prickbag McGee. <laughs> Prickbag. Trying to have a little Muldoon style moment where he's like, clever girl, kind of a moment. Yeah. Um, and he's just talking way too loudly. I'm like... You, you know that thing has really good ears, right? And, and he's, he's saying cheesy shit like, now play dead. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm trying to speak to myself so you can't hear me. <laughs> I'm about to shoot you with my gun. My very big gun. Buffy shows up in the nick of time. She kicks him as he shoots, so she so he misses Oz, tosses him aside, ends up fighting the werewolf. Giles is trying to shoot them, can't get a hit. The werewolf throws Buffy at them, and then Willow <laughs> picks up the gun and shoots Oz, and she's like, I shot Oz. Oh, no. And this is the second time Oz has been shot in this series. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> huh. And the second time that he's been... Pretty much just fine. Yeah, just fine. It's a flesh wound. Not really a problem. So Poacher Dildo says some shitty stuff, uh, and Buffy bends up (laughs) his gun and is like... How strong is she? Pretty strong. Strong enough to bend that gun. So she she tells him to get the fuck out of town, and she's like, how about you let the door hit you in the ass on the way out of town? That was one of my quotes of the day. Right? Try to have fun. We'll have our again. Someone gets a chainsaw. Someone gets a chainsaw. You are the one. Someone gets a chainsaw. You're going to hell. So cut to the school. Time for the wrap up. Yeah. 
And Xander is being super fucking weird. What? He's not doing a great job of keeping Larry's secret. Yeah. Xander, you need to go like look at some linoleum and chill out or something. <laughs> Like, for fuck's sake. Linoleum is what he's really into. So he's ha- they keep having this double conversation uh, trick about the Larry being gay thing. Except now he's talking to Buffy and we don't know if he's if they're talking about Oz being a werewolf or Larry being gay. Turns out both. That's fun. But how dumb is Xander here in that he knows that Buffy doesn't have any fucking clue what went on in the goddamn locker room. Yeah. And he is acting like she and him are talking about the same thing. Like, okay, they've established that Xander is plenty dumb, but not this dumb. Yeah, not quite that dumb. This is this cartoon style dumb right here. They end the scene with Buffy and Xander with Xander basically talking shit about the situation. Like an asshole. But Xander's giving shit about how in the hell are Willow and Oz going to work shit out. And that's where they cut the scene at. She has a wonderful transition line into it. Because Xander's like, well, if I had it my way. And she's like, well, guess what, Xander? Right. It's not your fucking call. Yep. I love her delivery on it. And you know what? Someone fucking needed to say it to that asshole. But they cut to the next scene where it is Willow and Oz. And you know what? They both handle it in fucking stride and aces. Definitely. They're still totally into each other. No, they both handle this fucking fantastic. They're both very understanding. And you know what? Willow makes a good point. She looks at Oz and she's like, you know, I'm not that pleasant to be around for three days of the month. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I was like... Uh, somebody needs to put a period joke in there. Oh, there it is. But Oz, Oz's point, like Oz does have a good line here where he's like, oh, I talked to Giles and he explained that I'm going to be fine, but, uh, you know, I'm going to have trouble three days out of the month. Only he used more words and a globe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're, you know, talking about, you know, being together and Will is like, I mean, I still, if if you'd still, and Oz is like, I'd, I'd still, I'd very still. Yeah. And that's... And he doesn't make a move. Quirky, quintessential, Buffy versus Lingo. Yep. Shabamba doodles. But he doesn't make a move, and she walks off. And at that moment, I'm like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Ah, she redeems. I knew she was going to come back. She redeems. She was going to come back and make the first move because that was kind of a theme in this episode. She comes back and she gives him a quick kiss. It's not over the top. It's not over dramatized. It's a quick kiss. He has an interesting line as they closed out the scene. A werewolf in love. (laughs) And Gerarg. Yeah, Gerarg. I didn't like this episode. Okay. I've had better myself. And Go on. There is some great shit that happens. Some great, important storyline, character building shit that happens with a fuck ton of characters. I don't like the episode, though. Because the overall story and execution, I think, is shit. And it's all because of the, that fucker, Kane. I felt Kane was just too over the top. With his rampant, obvious sexism. More importantly, why the fuck didn't Buffy shut him down immediately? She fucking could have. 
Yeah, they were still racing well, they- to capture the werewolf before he killed it. So it would have been better to neutralize him. Yeah. How did you feel about the episode? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of kind of right there with you. And I'm kind of upset that they they just kind of raped Oz's character too soon. Oh, massive complication. He's a fucking werewolf now. Okay, I get it. It's a show about vampires and all sorts of monster lore. It should be a completely welcome thing. And we had to do something to make Oz special in the group if he's going to be a part of it. Well, they, but it I, does kind of make him belong a little better. But yeah, you make a solid point. But knowing what we know now, that he was not destined to stay on the show for very long. And he had other shit that he wanted to do. I don't think they ever intended for him to stick around very long in the first place. It makes sense that they did this to his character Um what feels like so soon after introducing him in the first place. Yeah. But it's still, I don't, it's, it felt too quick. I mostly agree with that. And yeah. other than that, I felt like Angelus's inclusion in this episode felt unnecessary. And shoehorned. Shoehorned. Very shoehorned. Yeah. It's the, oh, we can't forget about the big bad. Yeah. It was such a pivotal episode for being such a lame story. Yeah. So what was your quote of the day? I'm going to go with Buffy. How about you let the door hit you in the ass on your way out of town? Because that fucking guy needed to let the door hit his ass on the way out of town. And his face. And really. Like his, everything. His van. Yeah. Like he needed a gate to hit his van in the ass yep. on the way out of town and knock him into a ri- into the river. I, I'm going to have to go with. That's great, Larry. You've really mastered the single entendre. <laughs> because it is conversational sleight of hand like you just don't see much. Yeah. It's beautiful. I it love was. it. And nobody caught it but Oz. And that's what really matters. I'd like to think it will stick around in my memory fresh enough but to it use it when the rare occasion arises. Shit like that just doesn't. Don't ruin this for me, Rex. <laughs> I'm going to ruin it for you. You ruiner. So... That's it. We're done. This has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, find us on iTunes. We need more reviews. As always, thank you to Ben, our wonderful composer, for the excellent music on this episode. We currently have a new, brand new Patreon where you can help support the channel, buy us a beer. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Suck you
was a bit um, British, wasn't it? Wee! Wait, what have we done? Why are we watching this? <laughs>